Hello and welcome to Dealcast, the weekly M&A podcast presented to you by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. I'm Juliana Needham. I'm a business journalist who's been covering M&A for a decade. In this episode, we're talking about a massive stumbling block for one of the biggest gaming deals ever. The UK's Competition and Markets Authority has blocked Microsoft's takeover of Activision Blizzard, citing the impact on the fast-growing cloud gaming market. I'm joined by Jacob Parry, Chief Regulatory Correspondent for PAR and Deal Reporter, who's based in Brussels. Hi, Jacob. Thanks a lot for joining me today. Hi, Juliana. Thanks for having me. So let's start with a brief recap of the deal. It was announced in January last year. Microsoft said it was going to buy Activision Blizzard for nearly $70 billion. Where was it in the competition approval process before the CMA said it was going to block the deal? So it's been a long year and a half since Microsoft announced the acquisition. We've seen a very long pre-notification process in Europe with both the CMA and the European Commission taking about six months before they opened up their market investigations. Meanwhile, the FTC opted to sue the parties in December, which severely complicated the possibility that Microsoft could close the acquisition. In the past year, there's been this uh, quite complex regulatory uh, game of chess where we've seen some regulators in jurisdictions like Japan, South Africa, and Brazil clear the deal, while others like the FTC and as of last week, the UKM CMA opt to block the deal. Now, the next step will be the European Commission's review, which there seems to be some positive indications that it will ultimately clear. That decision should come within the next few weeks. The deal deadline is May 22nd. Um, if it's in line with past practice, the commission will likely come to the decision a few weeks earlier. And once the regulatory um, decisions have been made in Europe, all eyes will be on the United States, where Microsoft will face the FTC in court from early May. So that trial was highly anticipated before the CMA's decision. I think now that we have the CMA's negative decision, it's going to be even more interesting, in particular, as I'm sure the FTC will feel happy that it has at least one global regulator backing its decision to challenge the deal. And so the CMA announced it would be blocking the deal on the 26th of April. Was that announcement expected? I think it depends who you ask. I think on the one hand, there was a lot of uh, positive uh, mood music following the CMA's decision to walk back on one of its core findings. And that was uh, that the deal would have presented a substantial lessening of competition in the console gaming market. That was a theory of harm very much promoted by Sony, um, whose PlayStation is the main rival to Microsoft's uh, Xbox. So I think following that decision, there were, as well because it was an unprecedented decision to walk back on, um, on a key finding, there was 
some questioning as to whether or not the CMA would ultimately block the deal. That said, if you speak to any UK competition lawyer, the finding from last week really comes as no surprise. First of all, because it is exceedingly rare for the CMA to walk back on a a substantial lessening of competition finding and then go on to clear a deal. And then second of all, because the CMA stated preference for behavioral remedies or stated preference for structural remedies over behavioral remedies has been clear since this transaction was signed. And we've only seen stronger indications over the past year from the CMA that it wouldn't entertain a behavioral remedy. So I think that it it, there was a certain shock when the CMA sued to or decided to block the deal. But I think uh, for anyone who knows the CMA well, this shouldn't have come as too much of a surprise. And so you've touched a bit on it there, but can you just outline what the CMA has decided? What are the key takeaways from the decision? Because there's a big focus on the fast growing cloud gaming market, wasn't there? Yeah. So as I was mentioning the at least the first year of the regulatory processes around the deal really owned in on the console gaming market where Sony um, Sony PlayStation is the main competitor. What emerged both in Brussels and in London over the past several months since the market investigations really kicked into full swing was this concern that Microsoft could emerge with a strong position in cloud gaming. I should say that there's even some debate whether or not there is a market for cloud gaming or what that market looks like and whether or not the way that the CMA defines it is the way that the market is actually constituted. Insofar as the CMA uh, decided on it, it found that Microsoft has or would have a 60 to 70 percent market share in global cloud gaming services and that it would be beneficial for Microsoft to make Activision's games exclusive to its own services. Now, that all cues up uh, will be an interesting um, trial in the US, which I'm sure will explore some of these issues, and then an interesting um, legal procedure before the UK courts, where I'm sure that uh, some aspects of the decision and perhaps even how the CMA um, made decisions around how to define markets in its um, in its case could potentially be the subject of uh, um, of review. What are the next steps for Microsoft and Activision in the UK? They said they're going to appeal against the CMA's decision. What's the likelihood of success? So the parties will have until late May to lodge their appeal. Um, I should say that compared to the EU courts, at least, the UK Competition Appeal Tribunal, or the CAT, has a reputation of working fairly expeditiously. In terms of the substance of their appeal, uh, this is a judicial review standard. It will not be a full review on the merits as the EU courts would do in such a case. So if we were to look at past practice, Overall, appealing parties have not fared particularly well. The CAT has not fully overturned a merger before or at least uh, overturned a CMA decision, which then led to the merger not taking place. 
Parties have won aspects of their cases on procedural ground. Cases have been remitted and decided again. I think we, we took a look at the the figures from past practice and found that in at least four of nine cases since 2014, parties have scored a procedural victory. That said, a procedural victory does not translate into uh, into a clearance decision. And as I was saying a bit earlier, we don't have a precedent for that. So the outlook before the UK courts is fairly gloomy, bar there is some exceptional um, set of circumstances or that the parties are able to demonstrate that the CMA was acting unreasonable. I think it's fair to say that this uh, is a decision that the CMA would have poured intense legal resources into. Uh, I don't think it would be unfair to say that they probably tried to make this appeal proof. So it seems overall like there will be a fairly low likelihood of success for the for the parties, but it's not completely out of the question that a victory of some sort could be scored. I mean, we'll say even in, in one of the main precedents, uh, Giphy Facebook, uh, Facebook did manage to score a procedural victory um, at one point. That said, as I uh, as I, I mentioned earlier, the outlook is not particularly positive for the parties. Okay. And what about the impact on other jurisdictions? You've already mentioned the European Commission and the Federal Trade Commission. They are ongoing. How do you think the CMA's decision will impact both of those regulators? I think there's two ways of looking at that. I think in terms of the substance of the case, I'm sure that the FTC will be uh, extremely happy to see that the CMA went their way. I think that it gives them more credibility when they face Microsoft in court. There is already the, the wide expectation that the FTC's um, administrative court will at the very least give the, the FTC a difficult ride. I think it was only a few months ago that we saw the uh, um, FTC's administrative court rule against the agency in its decision to block Illumina's acquisition of Grail. So that's on the US side. On the European side, I think as a, as a premise, the European Commission and the CMA would have been cooperating intensively um, uh, on a review of this side size. That said, should they come to a divergent decision, one where the CMA is blocking the deal and the Commission is clearing the deal, it puts the European Commission in a particularly difficult position. The Commission does not like uh, divergences when it comes to final outcomes, in particular where there's not some major difference in the facts of a case. I think an interesting precedent that's worth looking at would be the Commission's decision to clear Cone Cranes' merger with CargoTech. They were two Finnish uh, um, uh, crane makers. In that case, we saw the CMA and the DOJ decide that they wanted to see the transaction blocked. That case led to um, a lot of debate about the cohesiveness of the working relationship. And I'm sure that such a split decision where we see the CMA going one way and the European Commission going another way will just add fuel to that debate. 
Jacob, let's look at what it means for other deals that need CMA reviews. The CMA has a new boss with Sarah Cardell, although she's worked at the CMA for years. What's the expectation for other deals going forward? I think in some ways this decision should underline what were sort of key facts that we already knew about the CMA. A, that um, it's preference for structural remedies over behavioral remedies is clear. And then B, that should they find a substantial lessening of competition and should a uh, it be they be unable to to uh, find a satisfactory remedy, they're not afraid to block a deal. In terms of the remedy question, I think it it'll be it'll be clear in the deals to come that um behavioral remedies will be exceptionally rare. I think parties will also start will need to start thinking about how what types of behavioral remedies they offer, whether they offer fix it first style remedies or or even sort of the extensiveness of the structural remedy packages that they offer. In terms of the CMA's willingness to to block deals, I think that this is something that a lot of UK, UK competition lawyers knew well. The CMA, again, where it sees competition concerns, is not afraid to issue a veto. But I'm sure that as dealmakers, maybe even in the US or maybe in Europe, start assessing targets, the lesson that the CMA is willing to go all the way, I'm sure after last week's decision, it will be been digested. And what about what it means for big tech? Because last year, the CMA ordered Meta, which owns Facebook and Instagram, to sell Giphy. Do you think that technology companies will be warier of deals that, that require CMA approval? I think if parties in non-tech style mergers knew that they were going to face a, a, a difficult ride with the CMA, I think big tech players probably have digested that lesson uh, um, even further. Already we're seeing um, uh, the CMA's review into Amazon's acquisition of iRobot that kicked off uh, only a few weeks ago. I think watching how that case develops will be particularly interesting. That said, the CMA's leadership, um, both at the level of um, of CMA CEO Sarah Cardell, but also at the level of um, of the working staff of the agency, have continually uh, hammered home the concerns that they have with big tech acquisitions. Um, I think that there is a bit of um, Soul searching that's happened in recent years in how agencies have looked at deals like Google's acquisition of DoubleClick or Facebook's acquisition of WhatsApp. So that's all to say that any big tech merger will go will undergo significant scrutiny. And I'm sure that this decision to block the Activision case and also the lack of success that Facebook had before the UK courts um, concerning its acquisition of Giphy will probably make big tech deal makers even um, more reticent to pursue deals that could fall afoul of the CMA. Great, Jacob. Really interesting stuff. Thanks very much. 
That was Jacob Parry. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Dealcast presented by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. Please rate, review and follow the podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or look out for your Merger Market news alert. For more information, have a look at our show notes. Join us next week for another episode. 